Today's guest is the author of The Expert's Edge, The Speaker's Edge, and six additional books of his own, and a literary agent of over 200 more. He's the chief imaginative officer of Emerson Consulting Group. His firm transforms business experts into thought leaders by helping them get their ideas published as books and or articles, locate speaking gigs, and gain media attention. He has been interviewed by the New York Times, Fortune, Writer's Digest, and PBS Radio. Welcome, Ken Lazat. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, good, good, good. Good to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we met through Podmatch. Yes, I've been a member for, I don't know if it's as long as a year or not, but it's been uh, a great a great service. I mean, really, I'm really high on it. So <laughs> you and uh, others, uh, it's it's just, I, I think it's a brilliant service. It just works so well. Like you say hi on it. That's a great way to put it. But I, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. I've met Alex, the communities. I haven't met him in person, but I have interviewed him. And the yeah. community is amazing. He's connecting all kinds of people. And I, I think it's a, a tool. Well, we I use it for an agency as well. So I was just wondering, like, do you manage your own profile or is it managed for you? I, I manage my own profile. I also manage my clients. I have a few clients that I, I, I brought on as um, uh, potential guests for podcasts. So uh, that's that's where it's really worked for me very well. It's just yeah, to be able to you know, match, uh, you know, set up real, real podcast appearances. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing, too, through Visibility Pod. Uh, I have an agency that does podcast production and podcast tours. Mm -hmm. So we use Podmatch to manage those for other people as an agency. But for online, for authors, we offer author services to help authors be more visible, have a better online presence. Sometimes we go through and do um, uploading of books or creating of content or, again, getting authors on podcast tours to promote their books. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a it looks like there's a bit of overlap there. You're using Podmatch personally, though, as well. Yeah, well, I'm an author as well. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my clients come to me because they've always wanted to uh, write and publish a book, but never have gotten to it and didn't really know how to do it. And I have a lot of uh, experience from my earlier years about how publishing works. And uh, so I, I guide them through the process and uh, a very hands, very hand in a hands-on way, uh, not just a coaching way. Although uh, we tend not to ghostwrite, we tend to uh, uh, I, I tend to uh, uh, bring an editor in to uh, go with the drafts of my of my clients. I like I like I like it that my client is really involved, even if he or she is not really a writer. So right. uh, yeah, so so we our, our job is to. Um, get the uh, get the book uh, written well and uh, you know looking good and this and that and having it published, whether it's through a self-publishing process or whether it's through uh, a publisher. So okay. I serve as a literary agent to help them uh, when they choose that 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 option. That okay, so can you tell me who you've been an agent for that like a title I might recognize? 
I'm I'm not sure that you recognize any of them. Uh, I can I can I can describe a few of them for you. Uh, one, for example, that was in the national eye for a while, but not not in a mass market type of way. Her name is Deborah Lee James, and she was Secretary of the Air Force under uh, Barack Obama. Okay. One of only two women in history that were that had a job of that a role of that of that uh, level. And she wrote a book uh, called Aim High, it's Air Force, Aim High. And uh, I, I found her uh, Simon & Schuster imprint to um, get that book published. Uh, she wrote it herself and she wrote it so well that when I was reading, reviewing it and reading it, uh, I, I said, I had to ask her, I said, I, did you have somebody write this for you? Because it was so good. And that's what I find a lot of times with my clients. They are better than they think they are. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful to say. And, and, and a very notable individual. So you helped bring her as a literary agent to Simon & Schuster for publishing. Yes. What happens is uh, the process of, uh, you may know, and maybe you know, listeners, viewers may know, but um, the process of finding a publisher means not so much that you write the book first, but that you uh, create a book proposal. Mm -hmm. and that's, so that's typically what I'm doing with my clients first is helping them develop their concept and, and put it in a, in a proposal format so that publishers can make a, a decision about it. Then if they get a, a contract, then they write the book. Well, they can, they can write it beforehand, but that's usually more how it goes after they've signed a contract. Can you lean toward fiction or nonfiction? And nonfiction. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I figured, but I didn't want to conclude it. I wanted to just ask you. And so yeah. I think that... it's a little different for fiction. I've, I've represented a few, a uh, few uh, novelists, a mystery writer, and a couple of novelists, and and I actually learned that what I just described to you is not necessarily the way that they do it. They've got a fiction's got to be great, and uh, so you have to have to have a good, at least a good sample, if not if not the whole book. A lot of times they they want the whole book, the publisher, to make an make a decision, an evaluation. Well, at the very least, the outline of it all, right? Even if yeah. it's like 100% written, they're looking for more like 70 to 90%, aren't they? Yeah. 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 It's, it's all, I found it's all different. Some of them want the whole thing. Others, mm -hmm. they want an outline. Others, they want three sample chapters. Others want one sample chapter. <laughs> it was uh, it's much different than nonfiction because nonfiction it's it's pretty cut and dried that it's it's a certain uh, proposal format and and that's what I'm able to stick with. So do you have a handful of people that you get like as far as publishers that you go to a handful that are kind of your go to ones that are familiar with you you're familiar with them and they know what they're basically you'll bring them is yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there. That's what's emerged, but I still um, there. I have publishers on my list that have never. Not only have they never um, made an offer to for any book that I've sent to them, they um, they've never even responded to me. Well, uh, so, I, so I have that outer ring, you know. Um, but the other thing that is that sometimes a book requires. Uh, a specialty publisher. Okay. For example, I have a client right now, and she's a she's a surgeon um, and doctor, and she's very uh, passionate about burnout among doctors. So she has um, 
is proposing a book, How Physicians Can Prevent Burnout. That's a very big problem, nurses as well and all, but she's focusing on, on physicians. Mm-hmm. So I can't just bring that to, uh, you know, Random House generally or something. It's, 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 uh, there, are, there are publishers that, are, that focus on, some, on a narrow topic like that. Not that burnout's narrow, but burnout for physicians is narrow. It's a very targeted market. It's a very specific um, that you have. She's writing to that person's nature of their employment and their lifestyle and and the the whole works. And it's very targeted, isn't it? Yes, it's very targeted. So in that case, I I will uh, do some research and and expand my list. And that may may be only good for that particular uh, book and you know, I don't know that I'll ever get a physician burnout prevention book again in my career. I might, but I'm ready if I do. To me, this is a mission as well as a service. I mean, I really care that I mean, I get just as excited as my clients when their book gets published and, you know, and they can sort of hold it and they can't hold it in their hands. Right. I'm seeing a speaker writer market, nonfiction, building a book for credibility to sell from the back of the room. Those types of amplify your authority, those types of feelings. The expert's edge, become the go-to authority people turn to every time by Ken Lazat. It's out since December of 2007? Uh, Actually, 2008. uh, Just, yeah, about, yeah. That's like 15 years. Yeah. For 15 years, you've been helping people become the expert and authority in their space. And, and this, this book of mine tells, uh, tells you how to be a thought leader and all the different things that you can do. And, and, and it has, uh, I think it has everything in it, except that it doesn't have anything about social media or yeah. Facebook or anything. And guess why? Cause they didn't exist when I was writing the book and kind of published so it needs an upgrade. And um, are you going to do a second edition? I have to get the, the rights back. And that's what I'm doing. Right now. Okay. That's going to so, take a little while. That book is basically the, um, the handbook in a way of what my services are. So for $22, you can have all my secrets. The, the idea with um, uh, writing a book when you're in business is uh, to get the word out that you're an expert in something. It's like it says, experts, experts edge. Not an ex- this 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 book is not about how to be an expert. It's how to be an ex- expert with an edge, and the edge is has to do with publishing a, a book, perhaps, or publishing articles, uh, doing speaking engagements, uh, um, using the internet in a particular way, like what we're doing right now. Uh, you know, podcasts, Zoomcast, and, and all of that. And uh, that's how you have an, an edge above your competition. And that's why it's called the expert's edge. This has come to be known as staying top of mind. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the yes. phrase? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, that's the idea. That is the idea, yes. Excellent. You're always out there putting yourself in people's space. Then when it comes time for them to need somebody in that space, you're there and they don't have to go looking. You just come to mind. Yeah, most of the time uh, for me, since I practice what I preach, people come to me because so-and-so uh, referred them, usually another a client of mine in the past. 
And, uh, and there's, there's no, they're not saying to me that they're shopping around They're They're, we're having a conversation and it's just going, you know, in a, in a particular um, direction that could lead to us working together. Uh, so yeah, the, the, um, I actually am on a, a list of um, uh, PR firms uh, or book promotion firms. And that means that every once in a while I get a referral as a, for someone with a new book coming up, but I don't like it. And I'm considering having them take me off the list because they say, well, I got, I got five or six other people to talk to. So I'll get back to you. And there's a lot of shopping around. The idea with uh, being a thought leader uh, or an expert with an edge is that people come to you because of who you are and what, what you are. And you're the top of mind and no one else is, is, in, is in their minds. And that does two things. It eliminates a lot, if not all, of the competition. But secondly, it, um, uh, it already has them pumped up to, that you're the, um, the, the go-to person, just like the subtitle says. Yeah. Referral marketing is the best, isn't it? Like your referral marketing is just what rocks everything. (laughs) You already come to someone warm. They already know, oh, this person's a great fit for you. This raving fans mentality. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, speaking about Podmatch and podcasts and all uh, that's one of the the reasons for for doing a podcast and for having uh, being a guest on a podcast. You, you, right then and there, you become the expert. A- anything along those lines are pieces that you can put together so that you're seen as that go-to uh, thought leader. The speaker's edge become the go-to authority people turn to every time. This book that you have right now, it's a first edition. And it, I know that it's available uh, via Kindle and hardcover on Amazon. Is it available anyone else besides Amazon? Yeah, it's, it's available um, at Barnes & Noble, at your local bookstore. Uh, it's not likely you're going to see it on the shelf, but you can order it. You know, nowadays, is, Amazon is, is, is the best known uh, uh, online uh, bookseller but it's not the only one anymore i believe your website is driving people to amazon for purchase though correct yeah i I like to like to push them there because uh, everyone we all have uh, amazon accounts (laughs) we see but but i'm also noticing uh lately that uh while that's always been true and that's probably true still true um, it's getting easier and easier to to, uh, to sign up online at a new new website for something, no matter what what it is you're, you're purchasing. It seems like it's it's uh, you know it'll take your credit card and it'll everything will just uh, populate. You know the fields will populate and it's it's a lot easier than it used to be to sign up. So uh, I'm I'm probably going to start adding some other options. Well, the description actually on Amazon says you've seen them everywhere on the covers of books and magazines, quoted in newspaper articles, interviewed on the radio and TV. They are the thought leaders, the high profile professionals who rise above everyone else in their field to become the go to experts in all forms of media. What about you? Who seeks you out for opinions for trends in your specialty? Are you merely an expert in your field or are you the expert? Mm-hmm. 
you yeah. dream of attaining higher levels of business fame and fortune? Is there a way to make that happen? Well, the answer is yes, if you've got the expert's edge. This, this is an action-ready program of proven success strategies. This easy-to-follow game plan can turn any level entrepreneur into the must-have expert that prospects and media seek out before all others. You raise your profile, expand demand for your services, and increase your profits. Just follow the five pillars of thought leading. And it goes on to describe that the five pillars are publish articles and books, speak regularly to groups and companies, inspire with fresh thinking, attract ongoing media attention, and leverage the internet creatively. So these are all like things that are becoming more and more common day for influencers and anybody who's out there in the digital marketing space. But you use these five pillars together since 2008-9 for 15 years. So used together, these five pillars offer an unbeatable strategy for positioning your business as the only one to call. Prospects and clients will think only of you when your service or product is needed and your competitors are left struggling to catch up. No matter what you do, entrepreneur, intrapreneur, consultant, manager, or specialist, the expert's edge will elevate you to an enviable status as the go-to authority in your field. That's, That's a big promise. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. I mean, that's the main thing about it. It works. So, I mean, the idea is to, is to get your prospects to come to you as opposed to you, you know, cold calling or endlessly networking or whatever. I mean, there's, there's work on your part to do this, to be a thought leader. And, uh, and it doesn't end. It's marketing, so it's ongoing. But uh, but it does work. And I don't think you have to do everything, by the way, that, that you read. Uh, but uh, you take two or three or four pieces of, of that, it will make a difference. Yeah, implement one and then see how it goes and then implement the next one and see how it goes. I can definitely see this being a, a value to a lot of different people. Uh, what made you just decide to write this in the first place? Well, it was an outgrowth of um, my doing this kind of work, offering this kind of service. And, uh, uh, you know, it's if I'm going to practice what I preach, you know, walk the talk, then I, I needed to have a book. I don't think everybody needs to have a book, by the way. I, I think that a lot of people are never going to write a book. Then a lot of them don't ever want to write a book. And I wouldn't try to convince them. But publish your ideas is pillar number one, as opposed to publish your book. So publish your ideas. But I had to do the same thing if, if I was going to be true. And I, I like books. I have written other books, and I, I like that process. So it, was, it made sense for me to choose to do that. And I've published lots of articles that you know, have similar material to what's in the book. So, yeah, i got to practice what I preach if I believe it works. And it does. <laughs> And that's why we're here. This this is all part of what I believe works, this kind of um, exposure. Well, this is the speak regularly <laughs> part because and ongoing media attention because it kind of melded a little bit with online and podcasting tours and, and what have you when you can speak on a podcast as a guest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the things that happened, uh, of course, uh, the last few years is that uh, speaking, public speaking, 
again, like my second book, the, uh, the Speaker's Edge, how did that work? Well, we all know how it worked. It worked in front of a live audience. Um, and then we had this thing called the, called COVID-19. And um, some of my clients, uh, their whole business was around speaking and trainings and conferences and, and all of that. And all, as we know, all that went away. So what developed in their place? Mediums like media like this and uh, Zoom in particular. And uh, virtual speaking is, is, is something that, that came into our lives uh, to fill the void left by traditional speaking. And the traditional is starting to come back, but I am here to say that I don't think it's going to come back completely. We're going to, we have a lot of podcasts and Zoomcasts and other events. Uh, I was, uh, for two years, I was a volunteer at an organization where I was the organizer of their annual conference, and both times it was virtual. Mm. So it's here, you know, it's here to stay. So virtual speaking is uh is what we're doing as far as i'm concerned it's it's got its advantages yeah online conferencing has been it was kind of there before we had everything go on with lockdowns and not being able to travel and that fun stuff but at the same time now i'm finding there's both options so if you cannot attend a live event anymore they actually have a modified online version, which mm-hmm. is a great adaptation mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, and, and increases reach. You can reach more people. And even if it's after the fact, a lot of conferences used to sell their conference modules after the fact as e-learning or other items, right? So yeah. it, I think what it's done is it's kind of melded and married the two, and now it's given us a, a bit of a hybrid it, yeah, that's that seems like the hybrid. I think uh, we we thought that hybrids, the hybrid mode was um, going to be just a transition, yeah. but I don't think so. I no, think yeah. I think what you're describing is what I'm seeing too. Yeah, it's not temporary. <laughs> it's here to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The speakers, said, I'm, I'm going to be um, doing a second edition of that, and I'm going to insert what what's missing there. Vir- what we just talked about, virtual. Mm-hmm speaking so so i'm going to have a, a section on that in the in the next edition wonderful we can get you on your website and yeah. you're on linkedin twitter and facebook is there anywhere else we can find you concord massachusetts where i'm sitting right now <laughs> if you want to try to find me i'm not going to tell you where i live but <laughs> we could probably find it on the internet if we were really smart about things yeah you probably could <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story about uh, Concord, Massachusetts. Uh, in the mid-19th century, we had an author here whose name was Louisa May Alcott. Now, uh, as as everybody knows, uh, there have been many movies uh, about Little Women, and Little Women was a huge bestseller and still is a huge bestseller. She didn't want to write it, by the way. I don't know if you know that, but she, yeah. she had no interest in writing that book. But um, a pub, her publisher... She had written some shorter books that were sort of um, like horror stories and gothic novels and things. And she was asked if she would write a children's book. And she hemmed and hawed about it, but then she decided to do it. And she was like the J.K. Rowling of of her time. Boom! It was right here in Concord. She lived in Concord. Her family was kind of poor, just like in in Little Women. And, um, And it just took off. And she 
was the most successful uh, author uh, here, uh, even though we had Nathaniel Hawthorne and people like that who lived here at the time. But anyway, um, I'm talking about uh, me being me being here in Concord, and I'm not going to say where I live, but um, what used to happen to her is that people, her fans would come into Concord looking for her and they wanted to find her. And then somebody might've told them while she lives in that house down the street. Oh no. And she, and people would come to the door and she would go to the door and answer it. And they'd say, is Louisa May here? Or is Louisa May Alcott here? And she'd say, no, I'm just the maid. She's not here. She's not going to be here for a while. Slam the door in her face. <laughs> you did not want the celebrity. Well, and an uninvited guest in that day, like the door doesn't even get answered in this day and age. Somebody shows up here, rings the doorbell, unless yeah. they're making a delivery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing here. They got the wrong house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much for being a guest today and um, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Jennifer. It was great to yeah. be here.